to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear stories from female entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Hi, Sarah. Hi, good morning. <laughs> it's nice to see you. Nice to see you again this week. Mm-hmm. So we have some food woo news today. Let's see. We have a fun event to talk about. It's called Snack Fest PDX. Ooh. And the cool thing about Snack Fest PDX is that a lot of the makers that we've had on the show are going to be there. Snacking super popular. Yeah, it's put on by the same people that do the night market, Mm. but it's just food related. So the night market has um, other like crafters and makers, but this one's just all local food makers. Same place? Same place, yeah. We've done one before and then there's another one coming up. So that is September 27th and 28th from 5 to 11 o'clock. Oh, maybe that's why Catherine Cole had the four top talking about snacking because I think it's coming out right around the same time. Yeah, probably. It'll. It's really fun. It's super fun. So you can come and try all this food from local vendors and it's really neat. So we hope to see you all there and come support our local women-owned businesses that we keep telling you about. If you are a food entrepreneur and have a press release for us to announce, submit those to startupradionetwork.com and we can talk about them on the air. We want to help you promote any new products, awards, or events that you have coming up. So speaking of women who do rad things, we have a special guest in the studio today, Elsie. Hi. Hi, welcome. Hi, Elsie. Thank you. We're so glad to have you. So Elsie um, has a business called Creole Me Up. She's going to tell us all about it. She's also the author of the cookbook, Cooking With My Mother. Yes. Uh, We're so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. And we want our listeners to be able to find you on social media. So what are your handles? How do they Uh, find you? It's Creole Me Up. Cool. Yes. She's very easy to find. It comes right up. And also, if you look, um, if you're looking for her book, you can get it on Amazon. You can download it on the Kindle, and it's called Cooking With My Mother. Yes. That's so nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a great story. And so we want to walk you walk through your food journey as a businesswoman. So can you tell us about when you started? Well, in Haiti, okay, I'm from Haiti. And when you are a girl, you don't have a choice. So you have to be in the kitchen. Hmm. All the little boys are playing soccer and whatever else. But the girls, we are matching um, spices, the garlic and green onions and all of that for the meal of the day. So we have a marinade, we call it a piece mm-hmm. in Creole. So um, basically uh, we made it every day. And then with my mother, we have to be by her side uh, doing whatever she wanted to. So I've been cooking all my life. 
until 2005, until I started to get sick with digestive issues. Mm. It was a long journey of colon issues, digestive issues, running in emergencies room, emergency rooms in town. Mm. Oh, wow. And then uh, I ended up with a major surgery mm. in 2011. Oh, not yeah. so long ago. Not so long ago. <laughs> so it was scary. I mean, um, I've done so many tests and they couldn't put their finger on whatever on what it is exactly that I was dealing with. Yeah. Mm. And then after the surgery, I'm like, I better take my health in my own hands. Mm. So that's how um, all my products, uh, actually, I'm going to backtrack uh, that a, mo- a moment. I met a lady, so I was going to all the, those digestive issues. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find what I was dealing with. I met a lady at Burlington Coat Factory in oh. Tiger. <laughs> oh, uh, advertisement yes. for uh, Burlington she, Coat yeah. Factory. I love that place. Yeah. Go there and get your fall clothing yeah. <laughs> for school. No, and she was wearing that those flashy pink glasses, and I'm like, I mean, I like to talk. Yeah, you do. I just like good conversation. And any conversation, I'll join. And then I walked up to her, and I'm like, wow, you got some nerve to be walking around with those glasses. And she said, well, I struggle so long with digestive issues. Now that I am free from that, I say I'm going to live life to the fullest. And then I say, what were you dealing with? And then she described exactly what I was dealing with. Oh, exactly. The same wow. thing. That's always great when you meet someone who understands what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. It's and like then, a relief. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was talking about... Um, you know, uh, the bloody that was going on, the uh, dizziness that was going on, the fog when you wake up in the morning that you couldn't, you cannot even, you know, stand straight because you have that fog and that headache, but it's not a headache, it feels like a migraine. So she described all of that, and I'm like, okay, so this is what, sorry, I'm dealing with right now. How were you able to get that relief? And then she said uh, she went to a naturopathic doctor, Mm. uh, and that's how she was able to to get some sort of relief from her sicknesses. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to the same doctor? I went to the same doctor because I needed. You were like inspired. (laughs) You're like, I'm going to cook all these great foods for people now and change their lives too. Kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, I know food was. Sometimes I think about it. Wait, that food I might you have were been a chef. Aren't you a chef? Uh, I am a trained um, chef. Okay. I went to school in Haiti. Okay. Called Hotelier d'Haïti. But I didn't have that perspective about food allergy. Oh, you knew how to make a beautiful croissant. Exactly. Ah. Cake. <laughs> Those croissants that will kill you one at a time. <laughs> yeah, cake. Uh, and, the, and, and Haitians, we like our deep fried Yeah, uh, that deep fried stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Food. I know how to make all that. The rice and beans, the cornmeal. But I didn't have that uh, food allergies were not that second nature where you say, okay, I'm going to cook that food 
a lot of people are going to eat it. There might be some some people allergic to mushrooms, for example, mm-hmm. or corn or soy. I didn't have that. Now it's very present when I'm when I'm doing some uh, when I'm cooking for a catering event and when the uh, host asks me to prepare this or that, I'm like. Um, Okay, I know that I am not supposed to be distant or that. Like, Haitians have a mushroom rice. So, in the mushroom rice, we use shrimp. But now, when I cook it, I put the shrimp on the side for whoever can... Can can who wants eat, to eat it eat so it. they can have a yes, choice? Yes, exactly. They can so have a choice. I have a shrimp allergy. You, you see? should speak in oh, my language. Sir, I, love sir, I love when people do things like that because sometimes I just don't want to. I, you know, you feel like you don't want to tell people, yeah. which is, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like too much information. Yeah. Sometimes. and so I always just like carefully ask, like, yeah, how does shrimp have shrimp in it? Yeah. But you know, it's not. It's like uh, if you are dealing with food allergies, you don't want to inconvenience people. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yes. You kind of just help yourself so, and figure it out. Yes, I yeah. notice that your products are uh, gluten-free and sugar-free. Are those some of the food allergies that you realize yes. was going so, on? Yes, uh, so I met, I met um, my friend, uh, now we are friends, and on a Saturday, and then she said, okay, here is my uh, doctor's number. You call him as soon as possible on Monday. Monday, first thing, I call the, the doctor. He doesn't want to be called doctor, though. But, um, but anyway, we scheduled an appointment, and first thing he did, he won an allergy test. Yeah. And... The thing that I was the most allergic with was soy. Okay. And in my house, to be healthy, because I was trying to be healthy and kind of help myself, I was eating tofu, I was eating soy crackers, I was eating soy milk. And that's the exact thing that was uh, making me feel bad and bloated and everything. So um, he said, okay, we're going to take you off sugar, take you off gluten, and take you off dairy. Eggs was one of them. And then not even two weeks, I feel, I mean, I couldn't even, yeah. I I know, I did that elimination diet too. Mm -hmm. It really makes you feel better. And then you're like, oh, but I really want a piece of cheese. Yeah. We We hear the story from time to time of, of people that are coming in and starting, they've started a business and it comes from, like realizing their own positive change and so then it inspires you to do that for other people so now yeah. you you met oh. this woman woman randomly at Burlington yes. Coat Factory she helped you but now you can help spread that message to so many people through your business yeah. which is really cool yes. you know what Elsie you and I have met a lot of times you never once told me this really? <laughs> never <laughs> I never okay. knew this is a new story for me yeah, and yeah. I think I've met with you for the last how many years? Uh, it's going on to no it's going to yeah. be four years four years yeah, yeah. so I've known you quite a long time through this journey yes yeah so um, my goal in creating okay so I after I got sick in 2000 I had my surgery in 2011 I knew I wanted to do something mm-hmm. because 
Um, sometimes you will, I mean, people will, will invite you to the party and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get sick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel about this. It but affects your whole life. Everything yeah, your whole life. Doing, your you whole life. Make yeah. just regular decisions. You exactly. have to think about your, how mm-hmm. you're feeling. Yeah, and you will go to a restaurant and then not even 15, 30 minutes later, you have a headache, you are bloated mm-hmm. and all of that. So, um I know after my surgery, I needed to create a, to create some foods where people can feel free to eat and enjoy food without worrying. Am I gonna get sick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my food is allergen. My food products and the food that I cook for events, they are allergen free. Oh. And soy free, corn free. Um, basically nuts. I don't use nuts in my cooking. No nuts. Yeah, no nuts. Huh. Um, any major triggers that can make people, somebody feel sick. Yeah. I don't use in my cooking. I don't That's use so in nice my... That's so nice of you yes. and thoughtful. Yes. That's cool. Uh, that. It's just because I know the struggle of being exposed to food you are allergic with. So we're going to change the subject now and we're going to actually talk to you about how you got your business started. So you were on a path of health and you decided to start making these foods. Mm -hmm. But tell us about, because I know you're very thrifty. (laughs) How have you managed to start a food business? I know you were doing some work. You were working and then you were starting your food business and Mm -hmm. then you started writing a book and you're like running around Portland doing all these events. (laughs) And I'm trying to figure out like how you, what you really... Like, when did you decide to actually put the food in the jar and start selling it? It wasn't that long ago. I think it was last year. Uh, last year, I mean, we've been trying it for two years. Yeah, been you've been it sampling I mean, it yes. and talking about it. How did I get started? Okay. I think you came to the Food Innovation Center event, maybe. Uh, I actually, I don't even remember who told me that I have to go to the Food Innovation Center. Oh, I know who. Um, Jaime Gonzalez. He's the owner of Tamale Boy. And then uh, Jaime, I owe him everything that you see happening. Oh, he's a good mentor. He's a good mentor. Uh, I met Jaime in in the New Seasons parking lot in Hillsborough. (laughs) You really Uh, make all these matches at grocery stores and shopping. You're out there in the world finding your people. (laughs) Actually, I think I think somehow, somewhere, when you have an idea. For some reason, you meet all of those nice and great people. Yeah, yes, and then I saw him in his fancy food cart, very nice food cart, and I walked up to him and I say, "This is my dream right there." And then he said, he looked at me like, you know, what is she talking about? He was uh, <laughs> wanting an event at New Seasons, and then I said, "Yeah, I've been wanted to." You know, share my food and my mm-hmm. cooking and all of that, but I don't have a clue of uh, how to start or where to start or yeah. what to do. But I know that it's in my head and I know that I want what you have. And guess what he did? He mm. said, if you are serious about what you're saying, uh, because I'm kind of giddy all the time talking to people, he said, yeah. here's my card. 
if you are serious, call me and we can meet. We can meet up. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. That's super generous. So everything, I owe him a lot because we met. He was snowing that day. I remember my roommate that day asked me, what are you going to do on the, in that snow? Because I was taking the bus and Max mm. for a long time. And she said, you should be in bed. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? This is a busy man. If he's taking uh, time off his business to meet me, I'm going to meet him. Yeah. Uh, we met. And basically, he told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. And then um, we maintained contacts. And then um, we maintained that communication. Mm-hmm. And then um, he said, uh, "I talk, I talk, I talked to him that I wanted to do pop-ups." Oh. And he offered his uh, restaurant on Warsaw oh. to, to do my first one. So you had a pop-up meal. Yeah, a pop-up how, meal. How many people came? Uh, about forty people. Forty sure. people. Wow. Yes, that's 40 great. People. That's so cool. But the thing is, it's like I was just jump into stressful. It. Uh, it was very stressful. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I have some training in the food industry. Yeah. I have never worked in a restaurant before. Okay. So it was like a massive training in like within a month <laughs> yeah. to get it done. And it's going to be two years exactly on August 21st. This is oh. your two-year anniversary yes! of doing pop-ups. Oh, oh congratulations! Yeah. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. That's so That's cool. Great. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. And so you're still doing some pop-ups. Like people can um, check your site and see when the next one is. Or how uh, do we find out Instagram. about them? Your Instagram. Instagram. That's that's um, where I keep. How do they buy tickets? Are you on Eventbrite or? Do they call a number or how do they buy a ticket to go I to your... Eventbrite? Okay, yeah, so you have time. listing on Eventbrite. People can just go on Eventbrite, and what would they type in to find you? Uh, it's gonna be on the Creole Me Up Creole pop Me up. up, yeah, pop up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, that's what I've been using to sell my to be, to sell my tickets. Uh, and where do you usually hold the dinners down? Do they move around to different places? It moves around cool. wherever I find a spot. Yeah, I. Is it hard to find places to have them? Actually, at first, it's funny, like how your mind put all those blocks in your mind. You know, Mm. nobody will be open to that. You and your cook, you and your chef in Portland and all of that. But people are very receptive and supportive. That's so great. Yes. We love to hear that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember, like, Right now, I do a lot of business. A uh, uh, lot of my food processing happen at the Collective Kitchen in Hillsborough. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so the owner contacted me. Uh, that's how we get hooked up, linked up to for me to use a kitchen. So mm-hmm. that's where you make your products that yes. you're bringing to the farmer's market, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So could we talk about your products for a while and yeah. maybe taste them? I want to taste them. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, I got a fork right here. So you brought us in a few things, and mm-hmm. people can come buy these from you at the Beaverton Farmer's Market. Farmer's mar- yeah, Beaverton Farmer's Market. Cool. And you just get in uh, Food Fight. Oh, awesome. That's about a week ago. We love Food Fight. So yeah. Food Fight is a um, vegan grocery store yes. in Southeast Portland. And so you can go buy her products there. Mm-hmm. And so do just you sell out. I sell out actually okay, this morning. So when do you deliver there? So if people really want some, they can show up the day you actually, deliver. Actually, the first batch I will deliver because that just happened okay. last Sunday. 
Um, it's going to happen within the next two weeks. We are oh, still okay. working on a few Logistics. details. Yeah. Okay. And, and you sell it at the Beaverton Farmer's Market yes. too, right? And oh, I sell out almost I'm every so weekend. happy for you. Thank you. So, <laughs> really so much. you sell out, like how many jars are you bringing? Like last time I sold about 60 of the Pickleys. Yeah. And then 30 of the Marinade. 30, so you had 90 jars. 90 jars. Okay. So if you're going to go find her at the farmer's market, go early. Yeah. Yes. You want to get. Okay. So this is something. This is an Sassy example of something that you bring to the farmer's spicy. market. <laughs> this is called this Sassy and Purple. Yes. So it's got purple cabbage, beets, turmeric, garlic, apple cider vinegar, onion, salt, habanero peppers, shallots. It's I'm really going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sarah's kind of stuff. Yeah. I like spicy. You so. like spicy? Mm-hmm. This one is not too spicy, but it is very tasty. I don't Sarah's think I've tried that one. With food in my mouth. Like, mm, no, it's delicious. Sarah, I'm gonna. Okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look Sarah's on taking Instagram. my picture. See pictures of her mm-hmm. eating this yummy stuff. It's so good. Okay. So super flavorful, super oh. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like this bright red color from the beets and the cabbage. Yes. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. It's What's so the delicious. Bottom? There's something. The, in the bottom. bottom. Oh, that's the sneaky habanero. You had to sneak <laughs> one there. Oh yeah, there's a habanero it's in the bottom. Not the spicy. Uh. It's, it's so good. So if so, somebody buys this, how long does it last in their fridge? Can six to it? eight months. Oh, forever. For yeah. Basically forever. Forever. And um, is, it, is it fermented? Is it It's not fermented. Or, oh, okay. It's fresh. Yeah. Um, but I'm about to get licensed to have my product shelf stable. Cool. Oh. Yeah. So You're going to can it? Uh, yes. Because some of the stores in town, they don't want it. Fresh. They want it. Yeah. They oh, want it to, to be on the shelf. Come and visit us. Okay. Yeah, Sarah will help you with those things. Yeah. Of course, Sarah can help you too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're yeah. here to help. Seriously, talk to Sarah about that. These Good. are so awesome. That so, is so delicious. So, yes. what's what product do you sell the most of? Is it the pickles? That's the thing we're trying. Actually, next, the pickles. I st- I think all. That's kind of your first product. That's right? my. That's one of my first product that mm-hmm. I started playing with. And yeah. pickles <laughs> is this combination of cabbage and carrots and habanero. Yeah. Yes. And it's lime juice vinegar. It's almost like a fresh. I don't want to say sauerkraut, but it kind of really is. It kind of is, but like it's different. I feel like. But when people ask me at the, I don't know, fresh. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, when they ask me at the market to describe it, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I think this is a Creole kimchi. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no shrimp. Yeah. That's a good description. No yes. Well, that's one thing I was going to ask you. So you spend a lot of time. I mean, you really have to educate people about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're educating them about Haitian food and yes. culture, which is so awesome. Is that ever difficult to do, though? No. No. Um, Whoa. That's crunchy. Yes. I put it on my sandwiches. Yes. Uh, actually, the, the pickles, it's a Haitian condiment. Yeah, it, uh, it would be yeah. so good on a, a grilled sandwich with Swiss cheese and stuff. Yes. Uh, customers are telling me how, how they use it in their food. They eat it a lot with pulled pork. Oh, oh yeah. And, That's uh, perfect yeah. with mm-hmm. Barbecue, pork. ribs, and yes. So this this is, are these recipes in your cookbook? Uh, those recipes, or no. something similar. 
Um, it's not I mean, really a cookbook, is it? Yes. The, the, For the pickles, there is a. They're in there. there is, they, they are in there. The sassy and purple one, this is my new baby that I've been playing with. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, they're delicious. You guys have to go try these. When you're at the market, do you give people samples? Yes. Cool. So yeah. people can try it and then they can know that they can get it from you at the market or they mm-hmm. can get it at the store. Yes. yes. That's so awesome. So you asked me some, you asked me a question. How yeah. To, yeah. So it's not difficult to talk about, about, my uh, about the food. Yeah. Um, I wanted a venue where I can showcase Haiti mm-hmm. in a very bright um, side, the very bright side of Haiti instead of the poverty, 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 mm-hmm. people are begging and it's like, I'm like, no, the country is not so depressing, you know. So uh, the food gave me a good window to talk about my, my country and yeah. the culture and well, that's what I noticed also. about your book. So when I first, so I got your book yesterday, I was looking at it and I and I thought that I bought a cookbook. But then when I really got into it, I realized that it's it's a story of your life and your family. And it's, it's actually about eight chapters before there's recipes. And there are family recipes in there, which I didn't even get that far. Yes. And but it's so beautiful and wonderful, and you're telling this story of your life to everyone. Yes, basically all the juice about my childhood is in there. Uh, the reason why I did it that way, I just wanted people to see what it is like to grow up in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I was a child, I never wake up and say, hmm, I wonder what kids in America are doing today. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you play with what you have. Yes. You have fun with what you have. You dance to the music that's uh, being played in the radio. Mm-hmm. We have fun. We mm-hmm. jump rope and and play whatever and do whatever. And, but people looking from uh, a Western culture, like a fully developed country, they look at Haiti and they say, oh my gosh, those poor people, they might be crying every day, you know. But um, it's not true. So that's why I went deep into my childhood, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. So people can see um how it how it feels like mm-hmm. like um, the chapter two in the book. I went into the street of my town. You know, mm-hmm. you know. If you go, if you turn to the left, you know, you there is that there is a church. If you, you're yeah. a really great storyteller. So you are telling these stories of your life, and when you read it, you really feel like you're there experiencing <laughs> it. It's so cool. Yeah, thank yeah. You. you did a great job. I love thank it. You. And the um, book right now is available just for download. Download. Right? But is there? I think I read that there's plans to have an actual physical yes. book. Yes, we are working on the paperback version mm-hmm. because the ebook is so dense and thick and big. Uh, Amazon requests that we split it in two. Okay. Yes. So hmm. I'm doing two books now. First one will be Growing Up in Haiti. Okay. And the second one will be Cooking with My Mother. Oh. Yes. So okay. the Growing Up with Haiti uh, in Haiti will be um, solely about my childhood and what we used to do and all of that. And then the cooking with my mother will be the recipe cool. part. Yeah. Can you walk us through what it was like for you to do the book? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe have an idea, but that's kind of where it stops. They don't mm-hmm. know how to take it as far as having a book to download or things like that. Can you walk yes. us through that a little bit? So the book, I started working on it about five years ago, 
Yeah, it takes a long time. It takes a long time, but my struggle was my mindset. Mm. I was like, boy, you know, I'm from... I'm from. I'm not even from Port-au-Prince. I'm from a city uh, in Haiti. It's because Haitians we consider Port-au-Prince is where everything is concentrated. And but I'm from Jeremy, and then yeah, I'm in Portland. It's like I couldn't see myself as an author. It's like it was like too big of a thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I started writing the book, and and I stopped. And, you know, try to get that mindset together. And then three months down the road, I started again. And I would a chapter. I think you have to collect all the thoughts in your head and sort of visualize what it is you want to articulate. And so I don't think that's unusual process that you went oh, through. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Writing, writing's really hard because it's, yeah. it's not like when you're making this product. So when you're making your product, you you come up with the idea and you put it in a bottle and then that's it you have it and you make changes throughout it but when you're writing it's like you're starting with nothing and you're kind of and I mean until you get to the very end there just continues to be nothing other than like this thing that you are working on but there's not like a physical product you know yes. it's there's it's like a different I get it. Thing. yes and I was doing it in a second no not even a second language because I studied Spanish in Haiti we speak Creole, French, and then the Spanish that we study in school. I was basically doing that in a fourth language, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, speaking English is one thing, but writing English for yourself is another thing. But writing in English for everybody to understand, it's a whole different. Did you hire an order. editor? I had an editor. Okay. But. Um, you I fired him. Some up. I didn't fire him. <laughs> <laughs> you hired him and you fired him because you looked at me kind of funny. You're like, why did you ask me about that? <laughs> no, no, no. It was not that. But what I tell people, if you are writing a book, find a, find a committed, a committed, uh, committed editor. That's, yeah. that's what I will say. Yeah. But a lot of my friends um, help me read okay. over, read chapters, and um, what I... In French, we put the adverb after the verb, but you guys put it in front of the verb. Mm. Even when I had all that uh, English as a second language class. It's complicated. Says, yeah, it was like... <laughs> Um, I have my best friend. She's listening right now, actually. Um, she was like, no, that's the way we to, to Bethany. Bethany. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, she was like, no, that's not the way. That's not good. That paragraph is not good. You need to put the adverb in a certain way. I mean, she was very gracious about it, but... Um, it's now my my writing writing in, in English is better because I'm working on my second book more experience already. So uh, basically, yeah, five years. It's a five years. It's five a year long. Yeah. It's a long journey. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together. 
Well, congratulations on doing it and Thank making you. it happen. It's no small task. Yeah, and then yeah. people to like who want to know about Haiti is a good book to yeah. kind of like give you a wolf idea. I I want to know. So your book is cooking with my mother, mm-hmm. and um, you your book is dedicated to your mom. Yes. Does what does she think about the book? My mom passed away before the book was published, and she was uh, basically the motivation to get me. Like I wanted to do it. I know she she was struggling with diabetes, and oh. I yeah, and I said to myself, I want to do it while she's alive, so she can see herself, you know, in the front page mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then she had a heart attack uh, out of the blue last February not this February but a year ago and then yeah and then I'm like I want to do it for Mother's Day this year to kind of honor her that's why um, they call it the silent killer because you don't know what's gonna happen yes yes it just happened Bam. and then gone. a week later she was gone well so, I know that she would be so proud of it yeah, because it is beautiful she's your angel mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like watching over you and if you if your mom could cook you anything what would you want her to cook what? you? Like, what's your oh, dish she from loves your mom? cooking fish and oh. um, uh, fish in a sauce. Mm-hmm. Fish yeah, sauce. we call it poisson gosel. So mm. she like she she likes to make her fish sauce and mm-hmm. shrimp sauce and crab sauce and all of that. Mm-hmm. Seafood, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. favorite dishes. Seafood yes. and eat it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my motto. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's go back to your products for just a minute. Okay. Um, So I I skipped one because I wanted to talk about your book because I was wondering (laughs) if if you're teaching people how to make these things from there. But now we also have a marinade that you brought. And so let's see. It's green. It's beautiful. Must Mm -hmm. have green. Everything has such a beautiful color. So it looks like shallots, green onions, parsley, Mm -hmm. garlic, lime juice, vinegar. I love that everything is. Is that a finishing sauce, or what, what would you do with this sauce? Uh, the sauce, I am learning again from my customers, listening to them. Okay. Uh, they eat it with straight with uh, chips. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, like a dipping sauce. Like a or dipping something. sauce. Love that. And then, Snacking. Uh, mm-hmm. yes, you can oh, yeah. saute vegetable mm, with that's it. That's so good. So okay, it's beautiful and it smooth Should I just drink it? Oh, no. <laughs> I, have a, nice I have a fork. <laughs> Sarah loves to just take pulls off the things that people bring. Last last week she took a shot of ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> it's so delicious. Oh, that's tasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be good for like a marinade, like marinating vegetables. And mm-hmm. Yes. If and you uh, mm-hmm. saute your vegetables and you need an extra kick to mm-hmm. it. That's a great way to get good. some veggies. Yes. It's so delicious. I love it. And it's beautiful. So those yes, products that we yeah. talked about, you can find at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And you also teach some cooking classes, right? Yes. I saw you're working with kids. I am working with kids. I mean, this is something that um, my adventurous side just jumped in. And now I'm loving it. Mm. Cool. Uh, I started teaching about uh, again a year and a half ago. First class, I don't remember what I said because I have a group of people in front of me, first time teaching. And then second class, I was like, okay, I'm going to look you in the eyes and teach and show you some stuff. And then third class, I say, okay, you are in front of me. I'm going to teach you something. Hey, <laughs> to cook. Elsie, try this trick. Sometimes I'll, 
um, put my cell phone on record. Oh, the and I'll actually record like ninety minutes of, of, of whatever the class I am, and then I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, whoa, I said that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and it kind of once you listen back through what you said, it becomes sort of. IP in your head. Mm. It helps. Sort you. of what I did when I was did writing. You do that well, too? yeah. So when I was writing like the canning lesson in my book, mm-hmm. I had taught canning classes for years, but I had somebody come in and film me do it, oh, and yes. then I wrote it. You know, wrote yeah. the chapter like I was teaching the class because I kind of was sitting down and it was like that same thing where you have nothing <laughs> and you're like, I'm like, I don't know anything. How yeah. can I teach people things even though I do it every week? Every week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it was like that was the easiest way was to have somebody record me and then I wrote down all the things and then and then I was kind of like, I say Second that. Nature. I was like, Wait, whoa, that was kind of cool. Got me very nervous. <laughs> I didn't know I could be that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend one time who came in a film. Uh, we wanted to okay. There was I was going to put a uh, GoFundMe. It's not GoFundMe. Oh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. I'm like ah, oh, you know, you can come and film me. I'm telling you, I was a nervous wreck yeah. knowing that somebody <laughs> is filming me for something bigger than than the classroom. But yeah, for the classes, I love teaching. And then to see people being so open to learn uh, that it's like a new cuisine in Portland, Mm -hmm. kind of, to see people being so open to learn and emailing you. Like just yesterday, somebody sent me a picture of empanadas that they made. um, From your class? They learned how to make them from you? Yes, they learned how to make Yes, I love when people do that. I saw you were teaching kids how to do plantains. Yes. Uh, Where was that? Is that through the summer camp? Yeah, through the summer camp. It's Grace, Grace Art Camp. Oh, um, I well, I taught there for seven, seven, seven weeks. Nice. It's like every week you got a different group of kids. Okay. And, and teaching kids is a totally different no, world. I'm telling you, You're I have my it? PhD now in teaching. <laughs> 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 You're an expert. After yes. seven weeks, you're kind of an expert. It's yes. true. You catch on to their tricks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the thing. I, I didn't know. But, um, you keep them busy, though. I kept them busy. First week, I, I wasn't sure. Okay. I had two things going going on in my head. I'm like, okay, I might be the, the only Haitian that they come so close to. So I need to make a positive impact about uh, the you culture. Have responsibility. Yes, mm-hmm. I okay. was carrying the whole Haiti on my back. <laughs> I do that. I'm like, I'm Italian. I got to make sure and make good spaghetti sauce. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like, where? where? She's not really Italian. Yes, yes. Her spaghetti sauce is <laughs> <just> terrible. <laughs> yes. So uh, I know I had that pressure on my back because I remember when I was a kid in Haiti. Um, we will have missionaries coming from all over the world. Mm. And then some of them, they are still in my mind, you know, the peanut butter and, and jelly sandwich that they make, the song that we sing in English, even when nobody knew English, mm. you know. So I wanted to leave them with something that they can remember. Oh, we have that class from the Haitian lady yeah. um, at camp some year. Uh, so every week I switch the... The recipes that we play with. Nice. But what's so cool about that, the kids will go home and have their parents make the 
same food that we did uh, of at care. Kids do that. Yes. Yeah. And then some of them will email, some of the parents will email me asking, hey, uh, my daughter or my son, you know, make that uh, dish with you. Can we have the recipe? And stuff. So I say, okay, time was not wasted uh, after all. That's well, powerful. then you're inspiring the children, but then they're inspiring their families, you know, yes. to learn more about Haitian food and to cook food. Food, yeah. So you're doing a great job. And then now I can build a curriculum for for um, uh, uh, cooking classes for for kids, yeah. for children. Yes. Do you have any cooking class disasters? Uh, cooking class disaster. Actually, I did have one. Oh. Um, and it was one of my empanadas class, the first time I, I taught it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were doing uh, puff, pe- puff pastry. Yeah. And I scheduled the class for, I think, three hours. And we needed four hours to mm-hmm. make the dough. Oh. And uh, so I missed the mark. I felt, I felt bad, bad for a while on, after this class. but it's, I mean, it's when you're learning. first doing it, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like time is, is a yes. lot of times the, um, the factor. You either don't schedule enough time or you're left with way too much time. It's you're like, oh, I made this three hours and it oh, only yeah. took 45 minutes. Yeah. I did that at my first <laughs> library class I taught with kids. Oh, really? like, mm-hmm. It was two hours and I was done in 30 minutes. And then I was like, okay, let's <laughs> read books about canning. <laughs> <laughs> you taught them how to can. <laughs> yeah, so I felt very bad mm-hmm. about that class uh, for a moment because people invested their money to learn something, and yeah. I felt like I missed it so badly. But a, uh, that's, yeah. yeah. I have a dream question. Okay. If you had one thing right now to change your business, what would it be? Just be, anything. What have, you dream- what have you dreamt about that you would love to? Just to move your business forward, that would change you know, everything for um, you. I think it's capital, really, because I have a lot of recipes lined up. Yeah, I have the focus, I have the energy, mm-hmm. and uh, so we are looking for ways to raise money. So I know that New Seasons are, is looking into my products, Market of Choice. Mm-hmm. Want my uh, the pickles? Uh, they haven't tried the Sassin Purple and the. Uh, actually, the marinade they tried it too. They wanted uh, they wanted they want the marinade in their uh, hot bar. Oh, oh that's yeah, great. for cooking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, it, it's just that I need to figure out okay how I'm gonna get the I'm, how I'm gonna raise the capital to to push to push so my products your forward. Your dream would be for funding. Funding. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. I think a lot of people who are starting food businesses dream of having all the money they need <laughs> to get going. It's really a struggle at times. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you want to do something new. So if you go from having a farmer's market where you're making, you know, uh, about 100 jars or something, mm-hmm. then to go into a store, it's a totally different thing. So mm-hmm. you it, you need a, a totally different fund set to yes, move yes. From, from just direct One retail place. to mm-hmm. To wholesale, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a different world. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. People don't always understand that because it's like even when you're selling it directly, you're making more money when you're selling it wholesale. It's like half of what you would make at the market. Exactly. So you're not getting that money back quickly. Where mm-hmm. if you sell it at the farmer's market, you it's get the money right away. Mm-hmm. If you sell it to a store, it's thirty to ninety days even when you get that back. So mm-hmm. you have to have 
your money in place. Yes. It's a little challenging. You have a lot of fresh vegetables you're using. Mm -hmm. Are those local? Yes. Tell us about that. Actually, when I, um, for a while, I was trying to look for ways, okay, how do I make that as much as possible local? Yeah. Um, so I at the market at the farmers market I sourced my product there too. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's just right then and there. Um, at the beginning, when I started selling at the market, it took me a moment to kind of like figure out, okay, how do I go about that? Who do I talk to? Mm-hmm. But um, right now, I have like two Spires. different farms. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Who, who are the farms so we can shout out to them? Uh, one of them is Sunshine, mm-hmm. and then the other one is Martinez and Kemby. Martinez oh, cool. from the yeah. Kemby. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Beaverton Farmers Market has so many great farms that yes. we don't really see at the Portland Farmers Market. But mm-hmm. if you get a chance to go out there, just know that there's totally different people. Even though Beaverton is so close, yeah, there's mm-hmm. this whole other group of food people out there that yes. are really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love the Beaverton fun. Farmers mm-hmm. Market. That's it's cool. a good one, and it goes year round, which is nice. Yes. So those are like kind of like something that you have to learn. Yeah. How do I go around to talk to farmers mm-hmm. and? What kind of message would you give to a, f- a food entrepreneur who feels like they have a great idea but they don't have a lot of resources? What would what advice would you give them? From okay, the advice that works for me is to stay focused. Stay focused. Yeah, stay stay focused on what's working, mm-hmm. on what's moving. Um, for a long, 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 long time, I was like, okay, I have all these great ideas how I'm, I'm going to move forward with them. Because we started with sauces, I think. Yeah, you and I. Uh, we started with sauces. Yeah. I was bringing the pickles in a bigger jar yeah. to you, and then I came back with a smaller jar. Mm-hmm. Um, stay focused on what's working. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I, sometimes it's like you have a, a string of of. of resources it's like so minimal that you like okay what can i do or what can i do with it it's so small but um one thing that i learn is um whatever is working keep working on it if you have five ideas work on that one that is kind of like you building momentum on and then you can embrace, you know, other project little by little. Add other things afterwards. Yes. But there is one thing, though, about food entrepreneur. What? It's like uh, people are like, no, you have the pickles, push it forward. But, you know, and then you wake up one morning, what if you make uh, a purple pickles? Because <laughs> <laughs> you have purple on today. Yeah. I think it might be your favorite exactly. color. Yes. <laughs> so it's like uh, I tell people that sometimes it's like any passion. Mm-hmm. You wake up and feel like writing today and then you just write two chapters or an article about something. Yeah. Or you want to go for a run, you go for two, K, two, two miles or five miles one. Is that urge inside of you that, you know, the creative side in you that's telling you, mix this, mix that, you know, uh, to make things happen. How do you balance everything? Because you have a very good social media presence. And I have a feeling you're managing all of your um, production. You're going out and you're teaching people how to cook. And you're probably taking care of all your book work and invoicing and all that stuff. Like, do you sleep? Uh, I sleep. 
actually, I, I do sleep. When I do not sleep, I cannot function well. Yeah. So I do sleep. So I, I'm a night owl oh. where I can go to bed at 3, but don't wake me up at 7, mm. that type of a thing. Um, yeah. So, um, yes, I do manage. I'm a one woman show for mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I do manage my social media. I do manage uh, the invoicing, the accounting. Um, but now I'm going to outsource that. Oh, it's good. Like just That's good. Too much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I enjoy my cooking classes. And for each uh, cooking class, I have a curriculum for each that good. I email people two days before they show up to the class. Oh. And then when they show up, I said, welcome to your college uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cooking uh, class requirement. Um it's just like I, I I'm not I'm not gonna lie and say that it's easy. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. It is very hard and yeah. very challenging. Plus mm-hmm. the bumps and hops that you um, bump yourself into. I along call the way. it up and down and all around town. Oh mm-hmm. yes, that's, good. that's a good way. To, <laughs> that's a good that's description a very good of way. my life. <laughs> yes, that's a yeah. very good way to put it. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not easy. Um, plus, I do catering um, mm. once in a while. What if somebody wants to have you cater a, a meal for them? Do they just connect with you through Facebook through, or uh, Instagram? Instagram. Okay. I was on Facebook. I I used to have two pages on Facebook. Out of the blue, one of them disappeared. And then um, I was managing two pages on Facebook. At some point, two friends were helping me. It's like having two children. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped mine in 2013. I don't even have Facebook anymore. Yes. It's too hard. Um, so between, and then I used to have an, a personal Instagram page, a cooking with my mother Instagram page, a product page, and then a cooking page. By the time I update my social media at night, it was like, okay, how do I do that? Uh, so lately, not even three weeks ago, the, uh, I just... A turn off three, all the both Facebook pages. Actually, the the other one one Facebook page disappeared. Uh, the the other one I just turned it off last weekend. Oh, and then now I am on your Queer Me Up on Instagram. Yeah. I think now it's very easy to find you and to just go to the one page. And if yeah. you go yes. to her Instagram, it takes you to your where where to find your book. So it's very easy. So I think yeah. you made a good decision. To I just, like, like that decision. Narrow yes. it out. I think it's I think good. That was wise. Yeah, that's that's way easier. On good me. job. Yes, yeah. thank you. Well, I think that you're doing amazing things, and I want everyone to go find you at the places that they can find you. Is there any, yeah, get the book. Um, Mm -hmm. Any final thing you would like to say before we wrap it up? I would like to say um, a big thank you to Portland because, I mean, I've been here for a moment, but with all the taboos that I have in my head, I didn't know that people will be so welcoming when I show up with my products and, and sharing them and that's the very food. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think that's what I would like to say. Thank Great. you, Portland. Thank you for basically embracing me. You know, as a kid, I came here when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to cry every single day because I'm studying the chemistry, I was studying food science. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
the chemistry, the math in a language totally different. I didn't know much English then. Mm. And then the little one that I... The, the the minimal knowledge that I have in English, I couldn't even communicate with my uh, professors. They, they, I remember one time I was in a chemistry class and then I had homework to do that night and I just burst into tears. The class was like one of the classes that, you know, if you go into nursing and medical and Uh-oh. like a basic requirement. I started crying. I started crying in the middle of the class. And mm. then the teacher stopped the class and walked with me outside and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I That's look good at advice. him. Is it a Rick Perry or Perry Weekly? There was a Perry in his name. And yeah. he walked outside with me and he said, you're going to be okay. And then I was crying. I'm like, no, me not okay. Me not okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I bought my um, French dictionary from Haiti. And I had my English dictionary on one side in that big chemistry class, um, a book in the middle, yeah. translating every paragraph from English to French. I'm like, oh, that's what they are. So I'll be, I spent all night studying. But uh, Portland has been good to me. I was Aww. sick for six years. Wow. And the medical care that I find here, sometimes I joke, I say probably I would have been dead in my country if I was there. So I'm very thankful. Um that's for this nice. country, yes. We're glad to have you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's very nice to know you. Yeah, yes. and thanks for joining us today. It was so good to have you here and hear your story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Yes. We uh, record Masoni and Marshall inside of Ned Space. You can tune in live every week, Fridays at 9 o'clock, or you'll find us on our fav- your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to Alan for being our production engineer and Chelsea for being our production assistant. If you want to submit a press release, go to startupradionetwork.com and join us next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.